this morning, I walked into uh, the kitchen and uh, Marcus was busy cooking and uh, he was a little bit in a tizzy as he was trying to cook. He was also trying to figure out uh, what song and how we would change the worship service this morning. Uh, and the reason for that is that he has been in this place of extreme grief over these shootings. And one of the things that I have trained him and, and Jolie and, and the, the leadership council to try to understand is that our worship services are meant to create an experience that transforms people and that speaks to people in the moment. And one of the things he was going through is that he needed some kind of a transformation, something to take place in this worship service today that would speak to all of this particular uh, tension. Now, I don't know what's happening in the rest of it. I don't know if they worked that out, but that is a legitimate expression of how many of us feel coming into this place today. Uh, conflicted and worried and distress and grief and wondering when all of these senseless shootings are going to end. There is a word, I believe, from the Lord today in our scripture that addresses some of this concern for us. One of the questions that we need to ask ourselves regarding everything that is happening now, uh, the violence, our lack of agreement around public policy, our struggling to get uh, rights for everyone, equal rights for everyone. All, through all of this, there's some things that I believe this scripture is saying to us and there's some things that we need to consider. In our scripture from Hosea today, what we hear the prophet saying is that the Israelites have been sacrificing to idols and praying and worshiping other idols. Some might say, that's not relevant to us today. It may not be relevant to you because you're a Christian and you're in church, but whether we are worshiping idols is something that is still relevant to us. A question we need to ask ourselves is, are we worshiping the Second Amendment or are we going to worship God? Are we worshiping our politics? Are we worshiping these laws? Or are we going to worship and sacrifice to God? As Christians, there ought to be some kind of discussion about whether or not it is more important for me to have my guns or more important that we protect the lives of the innocent. And before anybody sets their wigs on fire this morning, I am a Texan. I was raised in Humble, Texas. I got three guns in my safe at home. I was raised in a household that has guns. This is not about the guns. The question is, is there an idol that is before us today that needs to be taken down? Is there an idol before us today that we are worshiping and caring about more than God? Now, I don't care about anybody else and what they think and how they go about it, but what my concern is, is for us as a congregation in our hearts and in our minds, whatever it is that you think and I think about guns, God must come before it. 
The love of people and of humans must come before our worship of a law. It is high time for us to start thinking about where we need to tear down idols, what idols we need to tear down. In the midst of all of this confusion and chaos, we still see in our scripture that despite these Israelites praying to Baal, Baal, and, and worshiping and sacrificing to these other idols, we hear God still say, I lead them with bands of human kindness and with cords of love. God's love is consistent towards us despite our refusing to turn our backs on the idols that is in our life. God's love is consistent for us even in the midst of our grief. And for those of us who are feeling somewhat in despair and down today and, and not wondering if it's okay to be in doubt, wondering if it's okay to be in distress, wondering if somehow your faith does not speak in the midst of this, is it okay to say, God, my God, why and how long will it take for this thing to be corrected? We are also in good company I remind you of the words from the Psalms, the same Psalm that we read from that says God's steadfast love endures. The same writer also says, be pleased, O Lord, and deliver me. The same Psalmstress also says, I am in distress, I call upon the Lord. The same Psalmstress also says, hear, O Lord, when I cry. The same Psalmist also says in Psalm 13, how long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I bear the pain in my soul? How long shall my enemy be exalted over me? But even in that same psalm, the psalmist gets to a point to where he or she says, yea, but I trust in your steadfast love. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord because he has dealt bountifully with me. So even in the midst of all that we have to go through, all of the injustice, all of the chaos, all of the struggle, today let us join together and say, but we trust in the steadfast Love of God. God's love is consistent towards us. God's love is always ever-present, supporting us, surrounding us, urging us on to be better than what we are. The problem is, is it's not God's Love, that is the issue. The problem is, do we love God? And through God, can we be consistent? Can we be consistent towards loving God? And through that, how do we best demonstrate it? Well, I can tell you how, by loving each other. 
I heard it somewhere that those were the greatest commandments. It is by loving each other. Our love towards God and towards each other is as volatile as an Amazon stock. I direct your attention to the screen. <laughs> this Amazon stock is at $1,800. And you take a look at it, and this is what happened in one day. When you look at a stock chart on a daily basis, stocks go up and down. They zigzag up and down in one day. So I direct you to zoom out a little bit more and take a look at the stock on the one-week level, the up and down on the one-week level. And then zoom out again and take a look at it on the one-month level. And then let's give it a little bit more time and let's look at it on the three-month level. And then let's look at it a little bit longer at the six-month view. <laughs> now let's look at it on the one-year view. And now feast your eyes on the two-year view. Over time, long periods of time, the stock has gone up. The stock has gone up and increased, and had you invested in 1997 at $18 a share, how much money would you have today at $1,800-something? See, but the problem is when it comes to our love towards God and our commitment to God, we operate more on the one day and the three week scale. <laughs> we are up and down and up and down and up and down and up and down all in one day. And some of us decide that we want to just get out of the stock altogether and not, not be a part of it. Some of us just want to separate from it and sell all of our shares and be and 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 just be done with it. Just say, I can't, I can't have all the volatility. I can't handle all the grief. I can't handle all the stress. I don't have enough faith for this, so I'm just going to get on out of this stock. <laughs> oh, but let me tell you about somebody named Warren Buffett. Warren Buffett is some called a value investor. <laughs> he still has stock in Coca-Cola. <laughs> he still has all of these stocks because he's realized something. The longer you hang in, the more the value will increase even though it's volatile from a day-to-day -day basis. The stock is always going to go up and down. Craziness is always going to be going on. But are you going to stick with God? Are you going to love God? Are you going to hang in there or just withdraw and sell all the stocks? Technical investors want to sit around and look at every move that happens in a day. So they sell, buy, sell, buy, sell, buy in one day. So they never really spend any time growing value in one stock. <laughs> but God has said, my value in you, my stock in you, it is always going to be consistent. I'm always going to invest in you. I'm always going to love you, even when you decide you want to just do this buy and sell thing. <laughs> even when you decide you want to be in and out, I I am all in all the time. When we got to Santorini on vacation, I realized something the last couple of days. These stock moves 
up and down. <laughs> you can flip it, Jason. These stock moves up and down, there was another pattern that I noticed I saw as well, too. <laughs> In Santorini, I don't know if you can really tell from here, but you, when you get to the island, <laughs> you arrive on a boat at the base of the mountain. And in order to get to the top of the mountain, you have to go on a road that zigzags like stock. You have to get on the road and go left, right, left, right, and work your way up the mountain. You, 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 it's, you can't just shoot straight up the mountain. I mean, they have a way for you to do that, but that's, that's kind of scary. It's a lift that kind of shoots straight up this way. And, it, you know, not, not many of us want to get on the lift and just shoot straight to the, well, actually, some of us want to shoot straight to the top, and that's part of the problem. But if you would decide to just go ahead and stick with the process, hang on in there, and ride the zigzags left, and right, eventually you will arrive at the top of the mountain. So if you, next one there, uh, Jason. So, so this is an aerial view of that zigzag. And let's, let's get to the next one, the next one. So here is at the top of the mountain. If you would just stick with the zigzag, if you would hang in there going left and right and, and, and all and being discouraged and, and having doubt and having fears, but if you would just hang in there and still love the Lord and love others, eventually you will get to the top of the mountain. The zigzag is there for a purpose. You can't just run up no mountain. You have to zigzag your way up to the top. In the Gospel of Luke, we find a parable about the rich fool. Some of you might remember this rich fool. The rich fool said, I'm doing good. <laughs> Everything is good. My stock is up. <laughs> My barns are full. <laughs> I have plenty of cows and pigs and chickens and I can sell it. I eat, you know, I eat local farm to table every day and I drink good craft cocktails with the finest, you know, drink and my life, you know, is amazing. I'm riding in the finest. I'm living in the finest. And then something happens to when this rich fool has figured out that he's done all the zigzagging that he wants to do. So now what he's going to do is build bigger barns so he can hoard more. <laughs> he's decided that he's going to withdraw all, keep all of his stuff and hoard it to himself. He has decided that he's not going to make any investments in anybody else but himself. And then God says <laughs> to him, you fool, this very night your life is being demanded of you and the things you have prepared. Whose will they be. And so the scripture says, so it is with those who store up treasures for themselves but are not rich towards God. You can also add towards others. 
The question for us today is, are we prepared to be rich towards others and go through the zigzag in the process? Are we willing to hang in there and to continue to love God? Or are we going to be a little selfish and, and hold on to our little slice of the pie and not be concerned about how we can continue to love God through the ups and through the downs? Are we going to hang in there through the zigzag? Are we going to hang in there when we have grief, when we have doubt, when we have struggles? Or are we just going to try to hide and hoard things to ourselves and say, I'm all right, I'll let them deal with their own mess? Or are we going to stay in this fight and ride this zigzag to the top of the mountain? I don't know what church you were raised in, but in one of the churches I was raised in, we used to sing a song that said, I'm coming up on the rough side of the mountain. And so that is a word for us today. We are going to have to ride the rough side of the mountain. There may be more shootings. There may be more injustice. There may be more chaos, but I'm in it for the zigzag. I'm a value investor in Jesus. I'm a value investor in love. I am not going to be technical. I'm going to be a fundamental investor. I'm going to hang on in as God works through us. I'm sticking with it today. Are you ready to stick with it? Are you ready for the zigzag? Are you in it for the long haul? God calls us to stay in the fight. Don't give up. If you're worried today, if you're afraid today, if you're tired today of all of this quite frankly, madness. This collective anxiety is what it is. A spirit of division. For the evangelical Pentecostal folks around us, it'll make sense when I say a demonic spirit <laughs> that has arrested and possessed the soul of this country. It ain't about one person. It's not about one person. Don't, 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 don't get that locked in your mind because I know that's where some of you think I'm going and what I'm, it's not about that one person. This is something else. This is the down part of the zigzag. Are you gonna hang in there? Are you gonna trust God? Are you gonna be a value investor in love and in peace so that our light, as the Bible says, will break forth? and make a difference. I trust God through all of this. My heart is broken, but I trust God. I trust God. God's steadfast love endures forever. Amen.